Welcome home, where homeownership matters for all. A production of the Orange Chatham Association of Realtors, a voice for real property rights. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the June episode of the OHR 2022 Talk About. And back by popular demand is our podcast panel with Jackie Tanner, Nada Bazinski, and Jay Kreller. Thank you, ladies, for returning. As I've told you, I know a number of people have come to really look forward to your recordings and hearing from you. We appreciate you sharing your wisdom. So today we are going to talk about broker burnout, or as Jackie, who hails from England, says, burn it. (laughs) (laughs) Broker burn it. Let's just start by, because this is such a crazy, unique time we're, we're in here in June of 22. Can you just tell us, are you feeling, because we know, you know, as long as you've been in the business, you undoubtedly have gone through periods of burnout. Are you in one right now? Jay? I am not in one right now. I did have a period towards the end of last year where I had reached kind of the end of my road. I needed to take a, a, almost a month off. Okay. I just needed to. It was the fact that you took a month off. I think is very interesting and and uh, important for us to hear more about. Nada, how about you? I am. Um, I'm feeling a bit of burnout, but I'm also really um, excited because I am figuring out ways to help myself um, when I start to feel this way, and I feel super fortunate that I am working. Uh, in a company where I have a lot of support and I can call on colleagues. And I think that's one of the key things that I've learned is being able to ask for help when you need it Mm -hmm. and and doing it, not just talking about it, but actually following through and doing it. And so that's helping me a lot. And I'm I'm reaching out to and leaning on my colleagues at work and they've been wonderful and that's really helped me a lot. So I'm hoping to kind of like get to the other side, but I too could use you know, probably just some real time off mm-hmm. um, and being able to trust colleagues um, to your business so that we really can check out, I think is a key component. Mm-hmm. To help you with your business yeah. while you're doing that. Okay, yeah. again, we're going to come back to that yeah. point too because that's yeah. really important, really important. Jackie, are you experiencing Bennett? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to meet Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really would like in t- before the pandemic, twenty nineteen. I just it, for me, it just took off, and I felt like I was just running from mm. from one thing to the next, and was not doing what Nata talked about in terms of taking a moment and, and a deep breath and, and sitting back. I was felt like I was just trying to take care of my clients, um, and then feeling like I wasn't doing it to the extent that I would like to. Um, and that's what actually sort of got to me because I feel like I built my business on, on good customer service. And so to feel like I wasn't able to give the best customer service was, to be honest, really depressing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic happened. And so and then we had a little bit of a slowdown there for a while. And I moved companies and got a partner. And then over the last two years, we both of us have discovered that meeting together at the office and just you know, chatting about whatever it is, not necessarily just work, but what's going on in our lives is like a therapy session. And that really has helped mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. help me deal with feelings of being overwhelmed or that I'm not good enough or, or whatever it is, which is you know, where my mind tends to go when I get in a stressful uh, situation. 
So. I, I, I'm guessing that people, realtors who are part of a team or in a firm that has um, great camaraderie, uh, that they have survived, survived COVID with less burnout than those who are more lone soldiers. I, I'm not sure I would describe it as surviving it with less burnout. I think the burnout is perhaps just less severe. I think the burnout is almost inevitable. If you do this job with your heart, if you if you put your heart and soul into this job, mm-hmm. you know the it's burnout. <laughs> the burnout is going to be inevitable. It's just with a little bit of help, there's not the degree of burnout that it could be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you guys are talking about. You're still feeling it, right? You're yeah. still feeling the pressure. You're feeling yeah. But with this camaraderie, with this help, with this knowledge that other people are going through it too, it Okay, so I don't want to belabor this point because I think our audience knows the answer, but what about being a realtor causes burnout? All, all of you. The nature of it. Yeah, it feels like you're on all the time. You, you, it's almost like the expectation from buyers and sellers. It's very hard to set boundaries, you know, and it's one thing to say, um, you know, after eight o'clock, I shut my phone down when you're in the thick of it and you're, you know, it's, it's things are, everything is so time sensitive in our world, everything. Um, and there isn't a consistency. Some, some agents and their sellers may choose to set a deadline so that you can plan and you can, you know, be strategic about how you approach writing offers or whatever. And when there isn't that in place and you're just trying to accommodate and please your client base, and make sure you don't drop any balls and get everybody what they need when they need. It is really that you have to be on high alert, it feels like, at, at all times. So much more than any other career I could imagine, you know. And we, in wanting, I think, I, I feel comfortable saying this because I know these women that I'm working with, that like, we are so eager to, you know, exceed our clients' expectations, not just meet, but exceed and go above and beyond. And that's why we have been successful that I think that is also a fuel for us. It feels good when people say, wow, you really, you know, knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much. That is why I do what I do. I love that. I love hearing that. And so it's important to me. So while I kind of dig it and I, it's my fuel, it also is exactly what is Burning us out, burning me out. Mm-hmm. Because there's only, it's not sustainable, you know, alone. It's just not. You're looking at me. I, I am looking at you. I'm just, but I'm looking at all of you and thinking, okay, you guys are all, is it fair to say that I don't mean this critically because I think I'm one too, but I think you're overachievers, which means that, yeah, the job, requ- well, if to do the job the way you want to do it, and with the excellence and the, the richness of your client relationships, it's 24-7. But then how much of it has to do with who you are? And can you change some of that? Can you change some of your own expectations? And let me in the same breath ask you, do you know successful agents who do turn their phone off at 8 o'clock at night? I don't know any that don't have a, a team of people to fill in. I mean, I think there are agents who do that, but only because they know that there's somebody else in the wings who will take calls or write offers or whatever. I think if you're operating operating alone, I think it's hard. If mm-hmm. somebody, you know, 
again, if you're negotiating a deal or if you're writing an offer and it's 11 o'clock at night, I mean, we've all been there. We've all been up at midnight talking to clients at midnight because something, you know, that we, mm-hmm. we're doing it. Because, A, they're in California. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we do what we need to do to accommodate them mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. smile on our faces most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know? and so do you think it's possible, and this is for new agents to hear, to... Uh, and I'm thinking especially of agents with young children, is it possible to do this job and be super successful and not work those late hours? I have read so many articles that talk about that balancing act and how you do it, and I they make me laugh. Because it's like there's no real-world component to what they're saying. You know, everything can wait until tomorrow morning. I know a lot of agents who do actually turn their phones off at 7.30. They're not looking at them again until 7.30 the next morning. And that's, you know, so, I mean, so, we all sleep. I mean, they're they're probably not the level of success that you guys are. Oh, no, I would say at, you know, the first three I thought of are probably more successful than I am. Okay, so it is possible. So, I, in looking at this historically, I think, you know, when I first got into it, around the same time you guys did, it just, because there wasn't the technology that we have today, mm-hmm. cell phones didn't exist, it was just not possible to do the volume of business that people are now doing, yeah. or even that we as individuals without a whole team behind us are doing. Um, so I think that's the first thing that happened. And then, of course, you know, you're, we have to make money, we have kids to send to college, whatever. So the more money you can make, the more transactions you're doing. And I certainly wasn't necessarily thinking about me in that trajectory. Um, and then you get to this place where this is this is the level of success that you're having, and then feeling this burnout feeling. But part of it is is the technology aspect, and what I'm seeing is all these younger people who feel like, oh my gosh, there's all this money you can make in real estate, and they have these teams, and it's the minute I go under contract, I'm being contacted by some very eager young person with or without a real estate license who wants me <laughs> to you know, give them the name of the closing attorney and no one I've set up in the inspections. And this is less than 24 hours after going under contract. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that may be your business model, but it still isn't mine. Um, my friend Vivian has a phrase, which is heart forward, which I love. Um, and I feel like that's how I've built my business. But the, the, the heart forward piece means that you're also very vulnerable, I think. And it's, that's... Jackie, the, take a second and... and... Tell us what you, what that means, heart forward. That you're literally leading with your heart and that there's a level of care. And I thought she meant hot. No, hot. She was just saying how hot she was. Well, today of all days, I know that we have such a, such a barrier with language, with the English no, language. But, I but really do. But Nada, I think, Nada, with you it <laughs> is hot forward. Too, I'm just saying. Yeah. Heart. I, my husband always teases me that I don't pronounce my R's well enough. But You're doing forward. great, honey. You just go right on. <laughs> so hard that's forward. Where the, that's where the burnout comes from, right? Because you just literally leave well, and I think that the muscle. That's in I chest. think uh, a lot of psychotherapists would say you're giving too much of yourself away if you're yeah. heart forward. Uh, yeah. If we're talking about burnout, we're talking about and how to cope with that. We're talking about mental health issues. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. And I love heart forward, but I also worry about you if that's your guiding light because you're not protecting yourself. Well, but, and this, this was the reason for the, the sort of 
sit down and take a breath thing that I think Nada was talking about that she's managed to do better now is to think about herself in in this whole interaction and that's taken mm-hmm. you know I just turned 54 um that's been a journey now she's bragging and I'm the old one in the group so I thought she was bragging <laughs> That's just a You're learning perfect, like Jackie. For most people, sort of figuring out where they fit into that that spectrum of I'm doing something for somebody else or you know for myself and where that boundary line is. And I'm I'm getting that. I mean, that's what this year I am really focusing on. If if I think somebody is going to waste my time, mm-hmm. or you know, I am just going to be right up front about that. And you know, I met with somebody a couple of days ago. Um, and I'm just going to out and out ask them, like, mm-hmm. are you intending to put this on Zillow? You want you want to pick my brain and then you're going to put it on Zillow or whatever. Mm-hmm. I am not interested in doing that. I, I'm just not. I, mm-hmm. I don't have the mental energy for that at this point in time because I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> okay. If we're talking about coping mechanisms, and I, I would like to segue into that, what you're describing is laying down boundaries. Boundary. Yes. So... Tell us, all of you, what what kind of boundaries are you finding helpful? You took a month off, Jay. I took a month off, and, and I took a realtor's month off. So I'm still checking emails, and I'm still responding yeah. to people. I'm just not taking on clients for a month. Okay. So any any actual business that came in in that month, I referred it to someone else. Okay. Um, I needed, I just needed to decompress, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we do. We, I, I think everybody here does the same thing. We, we lead heart. Mm-hmm. You can't do hot that. Hot forward. <laughs> we can't do that 12 months out of the year and then gear up and start a new year. You, yeah. You've got to have, you got to have a some reset. You've got to have some pullback time and you've got to have a reset. Is that something you think you'll do again? Take a month off? So I've done it twice in my career. I took six weeks off one time and I took a month off this year. Um, well, what would you think about it saying, was that the month of January that you mm-hmm. took off? I mean, what about taking every January off? Is that something you'd consider doing? I actually, I find that I do a lot of business in January in terms of setting up things for the spring because mm-hmm. people seem to wake up on yeah. January 1st and go, I gotta, right. I've got to buy, I've got to sell, I've got to do something. So they're reaching mm-hmm. out to realtors. Obviously. So it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of that timing might not be that, great to take that time off. Um, so when I took the, the six weeks off, I actually took, December and the first two weeks of January off. Okay. Uh, I did it at the end of the year. Uh huh. That is the only time that I would consider yeah. doing it with our business. How about you guys? Would that timing make that sense to you? Um, a while back, I had clients from California who, when they were moving here, it was in August, and they were actually telling me that there was they weren't going to be able to put their house on the market because in California, and I don't know if this is still true. This was a few years ago. But basically, the entire realtor and real estate market shuts down for the entire month of August. Where they really wow, that's kind of interesting. It's not that one of us is, you know, any one of us is feeling like, oh, it's just an agreement, like in Europe, like during during August, you know, like people are having a a a reset, you know, Uh a long lunch Uh or whatever, you know. And I think it that would be kind of interesting to me, and I I could see. It working if there was sort of an understanding that that it would be very difficult to do, but apparently they have done that there successfully, and I thought that that was kind of interesting. And it, the timing of it also seemed interesting to me because historically, I feel like summers do kind of get quiet for us, 
it hasn't been that way so much since COVID because everything just feels like one long, continuous, never-ending calendar. <laughs> um, but um, I do kind of feel like things, you know, and again, we have so many other components that we haven't touched on today that are very new and fresh going on for us, like the interest rate hike mm-hmm. and all these other factors that are going to be impacting our business. Absolutely. This is podcast altogether, but yeah, yeah. I don't yep. know. If, I, I think August for me feels like it could be a good time to sort of okay. take a break, reset, and then maybe that idea of, you know, December, mm-hmm. the first week, two weeks in January, and I had the exact same feeling as Jay, where I was trying to do that. It actually didn't work out because of Omicron. I had something on the books. It was my first time of ever really planning something for myself, and I was actually going to leave town by myself and go and reset, and it got canceled, you know, because oh. of Omicron. So, yeah. anyway, I, I hope to... <laughs> Good do please do. About that, yeah. You know, to pick up the hot thread. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting something. <laughs> no, I literally had sat there and thought about what if all the voters got together and, and we had it didn't have to be a month, but that's all like they do in Italy. Like, like yeah. everything just comes to a, a complete standstill. Well, it's it's a tradition, right? It, it's, there's no collusion. It's the their their tradition, right? If we had a tradition like that, it, was, mm-hmm. it would be one thing. But if we mm-hmm. try and do it, it's actually collusion. So it's a restraint of trade. So we can't. Right. So we can't. We can't. Do it. And if somebody's <laughs> job offer comes in and they've got a yeah. man like that and it's dragged, yeah. what are we going to do? But yeah, I'm and I, about it. I'm I'm just imagining your younger competitors sitting listening to this, going, "Oh, good. I hope oh, they I do it. it. Yeah, because I'm going to hit the ground <laughs> running August first. Right, right. But they've yeah. got all these really? dreams. They've got all these like little not little. They've got background people you yeah, know, who are just yeah. doing all of that administrative <laughs> yeah. work that I am just too much of a control freak to mostly hand off to anybody else because yeah. I want it done my way. Okay, oh. so coping mechanisms. Nita, you talked about using your colleagues yeah. for support. Yeah, and that's taken, you know, again, some trials and misses mm-hmm. and, of course, and risks right. and everything because... Figuring out who the right people yeah, are. Who and who the right yeah. people are and who, you know, you kind of have to have, have, have figure out who has a similar work style or whatever, mm-hmm. and we all, you know, are probably pretty control-oriented and do things our way and have done it successfully. So that's a big thing, to take that step to trust somebody else, to trust your clients to somebody else, mm-hmm. that, that they will take care of them in the way that you mm-hmm. have taken care of them. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what I have found very helpful is being able to talk to my clients about my need. People are very understanding. It's just if we keep going and keep going and keep going and they don't know, you know, there's sort of finding that balance between being able to be um, sort of a little vulnerable and honest with clients and say, you know, I think everybody on the planet is really aware of how, you know, COVID and the real estate market has changed so much. And and I, I mean, every day people are saying, wow, has it slowed down? Are you just going crazy? Is it real? So people know mm-hmm. how busy we are. You know? Yeah, I'm finding that if I say to a client who's worked with me long enough and knows that I am diligent, and I say, you know what, I'm not going to be available tonight. I'm going to be with my family. Right. Their response is usually, oh, yeah, right. go enjoy yeah. your family. You yeah. work so hard. Yes. So I think most clients are understanding, are. as long yes. as you're not saying it every night. No, so, I, that's what I think. One of the things, and I, I'm very curious if other people have this happening, it, I am burnt out by the constant public asking about the market. Mm-hmm. 
I can't walk my dog. I can't go to the you know grocery store. I can't go to the You're a celebrity, Jay. <laughs> without somebody, without somebody asking me how the market is. Yeah, yeah. You and know, and so my my ten, my ten minute run to Harris Teeter. You know, here they come again. Leaves me with a burnt rue back home because <laughs> I'm gonna, no, I'm a burnt rue. Cat has completely taken over walking the dogs uh-huh. because I, you know, it's like I take, wow. I've got 40 minutes. Wow. Dragging in, you know, it's hard to pull away from Jay, I have said to you before, when you talk, people lean in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, all this stuff. We haven't seen but Jay in a while. She house. What has to be the best preemptive strike I've ever done. I mailed my entire neighborhood. Oh, good for you. Answers <laughs> to the top three questions I'm asked while walking the dogs. That is a Oh, my strike. gosh. That's fantastic. And I just it out and I mailed it out to the whole neighborhood. <laughs> and do you know the next... Four times I went out, people said, I got your letter. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you any questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yeah. That's I'm right. Like, I'm just getting ahead of this. That's great. Okay. So, guys, I want to come back to coping mechanisms. We've got time off, you know, as much as a month. We've got use your co- supportive store. colleagues, <laughs> stop walking your dog. And, um, Jackie, and we've talked about this before, but you talked about laying down the boundaries up front with yeah. uh, new clients. I think that's huge because too. then you do start to sort of curate your clients yeah. and create an atmosphere that will be healthier for you to function in. So managing the expectations on the front end. Right. Which, right, which is a right, large right. part of what we do in a transaction anyway. I'm, I'm having that conversation with somebody recently. I'm just saying, you know, that is a huge part of what I do is managing expectations for Right. I think that's um, part of what we do. Totally. Yes, yes. And so why wasn't I doing that, you know, with regards to my um, response times or whatever with that? Uh-huh. So such a good point. And I, as I listen to you guys, I think how many times in your many, many years of practicing real estate have you revised that upfront talk? As you learn things, you're constantly revising it, right? Sure. In the, in the market changes, the expectations change. Yeah. So we have to revise Absolutely. it, not just for ourselves, but we have to re- revise mm-hmm. it for the reality mm-hmm. that we're dealing in. I, you know, when something comes up now, you can't wait to the weekend to see right. it. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're playing pop-up more than ever. When, when it pops up onto the market, we've got to get our clients in as fast as possible or get them on FaceTime or whatever we're doing. It, it, it makes us like like firemen. We just never know when the alarm's going to go off. Oh, something's going to match. I've got to get my client in there right now. That's really stressful. Mm-hmm. It, it really, and you don't know if they're going to wait for their deadlines for the offer. So if they're mm-hmm. going to write an offer, you got to do it right away. Mm-hmm. And you so, probably have more than one client at a time. <laughs> I, I would say that's safe. Right? Yeah. So that's the other piece of it is, you know, I always want my clients to, you know, I want them to feel, even though they know, like I want them to feel like they are my only clients. I think that's an important skill. And I think balancing that mm-hmm. and with their under, managing expectations and setting some boundaries from the outset. And I'm not great at it. I'm not great at, at doing like the, I just want you to know, like, I would, I would really appreciate it if you didn't text or call me before 8 a.m. or after 8 p.m. or whatever. I'm not great about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to get better at it. It's certainly something that I could, you know, stand to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I feel like if, if I haven't said that, I try and control it by not responding to them 
if they do, I mean, I certainly, we all have clients who will text it or call or whatever at the wee hours, and I just don't respond. You mm-hmm. know, I can choose not to respond. One thing that I think of is that image of, you know, when you're on an airplane and they talk about putting your oxygen mask on first. Yes. Because yeah. you can't be helpful to your child or the person sitting beside you or whatever if you haven't put your oxygen mask on mm-hmm. first. And that's mm-hmm. the image that I kind of carry with me. Mm-hmm. In my life, just generally speaking, whether it's as mm-hmm. a parent or a spouse or a friend, you know, mm-hmm. or um, you know, in my work life. But I think that being able to, this is really what we're talking about, is making sure that we are trying to self-care mm-hmm. and, and trying to take good care of ourselves and getting the sleep and getting, you know, eating. I mean, I can't tell you how many times and I'm sure the people sitting at this table, it's like, oh, it's 3.30. I haven't eaten anything oh, yeah. today. Uh-huh. You know, we are flying. And and it drives my husband crazy. He's like, how can you even do that? And I'm like, I, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing is what drains me because yeah. I, you would think yeah. I would learn a lesson by now. but I Well, and it does catch up with you. It really yeah. does. And as you get older, it's harder and harder to maintain that, oh, I didn't eat today. It's hard. Yeah. So what do you say to a new agent, you know, who's a single parent or whatever and is looking for this industry to pay their mortgage or whatever bills they have? That's what was tough for me as a newer agent is you feel like you've got to chase every single crumb for sure. that cannot, you know, appear to, to not be... At what point do you do you tell a newer agent that they should be setting those expectations right up front and start shifting the way our industry well, is? Well, that depends so, they don't want them to be an old agent one day. Okay, wait a minute. Time out because you're um, uh, you're getting a little bit ahead, but I love where you're going. No, I love where you're going because my my bottom line question here is: if you're advising that young agent, how do they know if they should cope or quit? What are the measuring sticks for that? I, I think that the biggest measuring stick is do you feel like you're doing good work at the end of the day? There's, there's two kinds of tired, right? There's good tired and there's bad tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, good tired is, is a day that you've won. You're exhausted because you fought exhausted. the good fight and you've done the right things. Bad tired is you're exhausted and you didn't win. You didn't fight the right fight, you're just, the you're time. just burned <laughs> out, right? <laughs> so you've got it's the nuance of good tired versus bad tired. I have slept easy on good tired days because I know I, I did everything I could. And then on, on days where you know I was chasing my tail or, or doing something that wasn't necessarily even in alignment with what I thought we should be doing, but you know, you the client says and all that other stuff, I, it's bad tired. And mm-hmm. that will wear you out faster than anything. And you can't Start your career only working with the clients who are philosophically aligned with right. you. Right, you have to yeah, work with everybody. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So just exactly. know, uh-huh. yeah, just know that that start out period, you gotta you gotta deal with a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, it, when I was starting out, my first few clients were friends, and I didn't realize at the time those are the toughest clients. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, Jackie, you survived. Or you had to. I'm, I'm dealing with that right now. Okay, but you had. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's a toughie. Okay, so I'm thinking about. Um, he, he's not a super young guy, but he's new to the profession. He's been doing it for about two years. He's got a family. He's trying to feed. He's excellent, but 
he's an imaginary new. person? No, this is a real person. This is a, a great guy. Okay. And I'm thinking how, and I know he's questioning, should I really keep trying this? Or, I mean, he's made a little money, but not enough. So how do you advise somebody? So, but how do you, how long does it take? I mean, how long? It it takes at least three years to get any kind of. And Jay said five. So do you believe, and we'll get back to burnout, but I think this is an an important piece of advice for people to hear. I, I have a pet peeve that when you, go to real estate school, they wait till the last week of the eight-week class or whatever it is to tell you that 85% of you a year from now will not be mm-hmm. practicing realtors. So I, I just... I'm surprised they don't just say that after they cash a check. <laughs> right. So how do you advise people and, and gear them up for what they're going to have to face realistically? I know BICs have to do this all the time when they're recruiting. But do they? They don't. They, they don't. They can't. Some of those cases, I don't know that they're. I agree. I, I think the. I think, I think for new for, for new agents, I think one of the best things that they could do if I were starting over, it would be to align myself with an established mm-hmm. team, somebody that is very structured, that has everything in place to get the experience at somebody else, and just build, build, build. I think the the people that I can think of who are still relatively new to the business, maybe who have just come on in the last, say, five to seven years, who are really doing quite well. I think a lot of them started um, by being part of an established mm-hmm. team. I think that's excellent advice. And, and because it really then... allows you to experience real estate without complete, you know, being completely overwhelmed with the risk and all the things that we all encounter of and, and problems is, that you run into and you have a lot of guidance and structure. I think that would be my recommendation. Is the assumption there in that situation that there will be some steady income then because the the head of that team Correct. is constantly producing? Yeah, they're feeding you leads and okay. you're building your business and, and then you're, you're being provided that and then you can really build your client base and base, you know, if you, if you do, if you can stay in it long enough, it's really just a matter of time because then those people that you work with as a buyer agent mm-hmm. will then ultimately become a listing agent, and that's how you build the foundation of your business. But I think if I were to do it all over again, that's what I would do. Assuming you're heart forward. Assuming you are heart and hot forward. Or hottie. A hottie. Hot forward so I, hot. I've lost count of the amount of people that I've seen get into this business and drop out because that personality just wasn't right for it. Right? Like they just, the amount of conflict. Uh, resolution that they have to do or, you know, in some cases abuse is probably too strong of a word but the, <laughs> you know, they just have no idea that they have no what, idea what, what we have do. to take yes. <laughs> we're no. going to say that, this is a safe place we take a lot of abuse we take a lot of abuse and they, they thought it was just you know, pushing some papers around and opening some doors and I still come across and looking at pretty houses is, is stick a sign in the yard and let people into houses mm-hmm. with no clue about the, the length and breadth of, of I, I remember involved. when I joined Alan Tate and I met Jackie Tanner for the first time along with the whole rest of the team in a meeting and uh, our BIC had me introduce myself and I said, well, I've, I've been a social worker for 30 years and you said, oh, good. That'll, <laughs> that'll come in handy. Yeah, really come in handy. <laughs> yeah, so out. often for my clients, thank you for the therapy session. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I, I, I yeah. get that. 
not quite on the daily, but probably mm. on the weekly, I will get a thank you for the therapy. Absolutely. And and I think that's part of, that feeds back into the burnout thing, right? Because yeah. I don't know how therapists do it quite well. <laughs> Except that people come to them for therapy, whereas with us, we're sort of giving it and then we don't get the thanks. Well, sometimes we get the thanks, but yeah. it's it's exhausting. It's exhausting. it's exhausting. Well, see, that's the other level of burnout that at the beginning, I don't think you guys were um, really fully uh, crediting yourselves with, which is you are therapists, and that is emotionally taxing. The other piece is, like, very often there are two people, two buyers or two sellers, if it's a couple of some sort, you're dealing with dealing with their personalities and maybe they're not aligned right? and right. getting them aligned. And then, you know, if you multiply that times, if you're working with 10 groups of people at any given time, right. And just managing the different personalities of all these different groups of people and what their expectations are of you. And then if you're under, if you get them under contract, they're constantly questioning the other people on the other side, the buyers or sellers on the other side and wanting some intel about them or the other agent. It's there's so much that goes into so many levels transaction and not mm-hmm. just one transaction. So yeah. if you're doing more than one transaction or working with more than one buyer or buyer group at a time, mm-hmm. and often we are dealing with people whose parents are part of the process. So you have them weighing in and they're from Texas. And in Texas, they don't do that this way. And everybody has an opinion and, I mean, there is a lot we have to juggle and be yeah, gracious about yeah. it because we want to be mindful of the fact that these are huge decisions to these people and how, how to mm-hmm. weigh all that mm-hmm. and be respectful to all the personalities involved in juggling all this at the same time is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it makes me tired just hearing about it. Yeah. I once had two sets of parents come be in the conference room while I was going over, you know, oh my God. first time home buyers, Were they in- medical residents, but both of married couple both of their parents did they see eye to eye yes and and some of the parents were wanting to be more involved than others but it, i felt like instead of just having the two clients that i had who have a great relationship have ended up being long-term clients um i then had to also deal with four other people mm-hmm. wow all of their input so oh. a lot of i cards. essentially had six clients yeah, yeah my favorite my favorite part of, you know because parents by nature want to protect their yeah kids. right so they're coming in, and they don't know us. Usually, we've had some relationship with, with the, the kids yes. for a time. So the kids have started to trust us. Yes. You know, they understand we're hard Um I'm <laughs> never going to let it go, Jay. <laughs> um, and, but like then, it. all of a sudden, it's a whole new audience, and they're looking for the greedy realtor mm-hmm. pinpoint, you know, and, yeah. and so you're, like, starting all over again. But you've got this relationship with the kids. Mm-hmm. And they trust you, and now the parents don't, and you goes, wow, it, 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 it will, it will right. wear you out. It will yes. wear you out. All of these things will wear you out, but all of these are the circumstances that realtors have to deal that with. That's right. For sure. You know, this job would be fantastic except for the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always But that is the job. Right. I am people, Ellen Singer, who was one of the people I first learned from, and she would say, you know, these brand new agents would come in, and why do you want to do real estate? I love houses. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how do you feel about people? And how do you like managing them? That's funny. Um, and I say that to this day. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is a people management business and trying to get people to mm-hmm. realize the goals that they've set 
for themselves, sometimes in spite of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get a, I, I do personally take it um, like a, not a badge of honor, but I feel really, really good when I've gotten someone to a place where I mm-hmm. think they wouldn't otherwise have gotten if I mm-hmm. had been involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that feels really, really good. I think um, that's the very special gift that the three of you have. Not everybody has it, to say the least. Okay, you guys have have you known people who were good realtors, but burnout did them in. They had to take themselves out of the business. Because things have changed so much. Like just the whole way this business runs today is so different than it was twenty years ago. Or even ten, mm-hmm. I think, for that matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to constantly have to, to you know learn new things and change and keep up and, and you're like for what sometimes um for me that i still find it rewarding like i said when i you know i really enjoy working with someone and we get to they achieve their goal there are other times where i just i'm like why am i still doing this (laughs) i i find i want to be appreciated more i i do not i'm not tolerant of somebody who does not appreciate what i'm doing for them that's sort of one of the boundary lines that i am starting to put in place if you don't think that what I'm doing is useful here and that I have a body of knowledge that you benefit from and you just want to treat me like you know everything better than I do, mm-hmm. uh, I do not really have any interest in working. I, I, call it, I call it the respect factor. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to appreciate me so much, but as long as you show respect for my opinion, then, you know, and I'm not saying I have the right opinion all the time, but why work with me? If you contradict everything I'm telling you, or come in and say Zillow says, mm-hmm. See, I always say to my new clients, I said, if you start any sentence with Zillow says, mm-hmm. I will school you as mm-hmm. to why it's not right. So let's not start there. You know, and I don't, I don't have a whole lot of clients that says Zillow says. Mm-hmm. I did for a while, mm-hmm. but now I just I put them in that first meeting. It's like, by the way, one thing that I'm thinking about in terms of, you know, speaking to our colleagues out there who, you know, newer and more established, um, I think the biggest thing that I have found is, and we've touched on this before, but it's really important to me that in a transaction to acknowledge the person on the other side, Mm -hmm. to acknowledge the agent, the broker on the other side and say, it's really been great working with you. I've really... You know, if I could say anything is reminding, we're all tired. Everybody is tired. COVID has worn us all out. You know, we're all in this. We truly are in this together. We have to have each other. Um, We rely on each other. And I think the more we can uh, remind each other that we're all tired and how much we appreciate each other, I think it really goes a long way. It does for me anyway. And I would say that would be something that especially... You know, again, newer or, or more established agents, it's easy to forget about that in the hectic rush of everything. But just acknowledging how hard you realize that other person is working for writing the offer, for not winning, we've all been there, you know, whatever it is, just taking the time to appreciate our colleagues in this um, community is really important. Amen. At the risk of repeating myself here, and I may have said this in a previous podcast, but I think that's part of what makes me sad and, and uh, get closer to the burnout feeling in this business is that we can do transactions and never meet the person on the other side of the mm-hmm. transaction mm-hmm. versus I remember I presented my first offer at 11 p.m. on the steps of, of the 
office. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we would go into the conference room and have a conversation, and there was all this personal interaction, which just doesn't happen anymore. Really so I think it makes it very mm-hmm. easy to just push that and the humanity piece off to the side. Yet at the same time, when you're on the sale end, you know the agent on the other side, and you have had a relationship with them, and you know they're good at what they do, and you respect them. If it, you're in a bake-off... Oh, yeah. Oh, I... Absolutely. You know, it's it's hard not to tell your seller, look, I don't know this agent from Adam, but I know this is a closer. These, so are, the, these are the types of... My job is to tell you everything I know about these potential offers that could influence your decision in taking it or not. I, I, this is a wild card, don't know them at all, doesn't mean they're bad. This is somebody who is just an ace at what they do, you know, but weigh it into the equation and, and, and see how you feel about it. But we have, I feel like we have an obligation to do that. And if, what happens if it's the other way? And it's a realtor we're not crazy about working with, you know, or a realtor, you know. I think the most fun is when you end up in a transaction with somebody maybe who does primarily Wake County or Chatham County mm-hmm. or just not, you know, you're, I, I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And when it goes without a hitch and it's really pleasant and lovely, that's a particularly good time. When I don't know the person on the other side, I really mm-hmm. want to make that extra effort mm-hmm. to say, hey, it's really been wonderful working with you. I hope we have a chance to work together again. I mm-hmm. just want to let you know you're really professional. I appreciate, you know, prof- your professionalism and stuff mm-hmm. because – who doesn't want to hear that? I mean, it's right. just nice. We're tired. It, that's, it, it never gets old. It that's never heart gets old. first. That is heart first right there. It never gets old. Yeah. I will never get tired of hearing somebody say that, and I try and do it on, you know, yeah. operation. I do college. think you're very good at that, Nada. Okay. Number one thing you do to avoid burnout, and you'll continue to do in the future. Maybe we're not the best panel for this. You know, another question I thought of while you're thinking of your answer is, is it possible for somebody with a laid-back personality to be successful at this business? Oh, I've seen there's, there's some. Yeah, there are some. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some of them that I have uh, referred to as I'm not quite sure how they get upright out of bed. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, because it's a people business, if you have good relationships with people, you don't necessarily have to have the energy that some others bring to the to the table, okay. they're going to hire you because they like you. At the end of the day, most of us get hired because they like us. Mm-hmm. So it's just easier to like than others. Yeah. Um, back yeah. to, I think, sort of what I started to say that actually I think it kind of all comes together is the reason it sounds like people have really enjoyed the podcast because it's it's a way for people to hear that they're not alone. Oh, I can relate with that. We've had a lot of feedback, a lot of really great positive feedback. And maybe that's something that could be explored more. It's just I, I think definitely because of COVID and the feeling of isolation mm-hmm. that so many of us were forced into because, because mm-hmm. of COVID, that it was really easy to start feeling isolated and alone and knowing that you're not alone and not, you know, such a competitive business that it's 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 a hard business to really mm-hmm. be vulnerable in and share how things are really going mm-hmm. for you because you don't want to let your guard down. Mm-hmm. And the more I think you can, it's like mental health. It is. It's right mm-hmm. there. And being able to find trusted sources, you know, building a group of of colleagues who can be your friends as well as mm-hmm. business, you know. Yeah, I, th- I so think this. Trust people and, and vent a little bit and talk it out. Exactly. And, and that really will help people. Yeah, watching the three of you do this and and 
what our audience doesn't hear is how much you guys have come to enjoy this, just being with each other and sharing ideas and commiserating. And it's the snacks, Marcia. Let's <laughs> I do have good snacks, <laughs> but um, I think that this could be a springboard for Bix to get involved in creating more discussion groups. So, well, but, but you bring up a really good point in terms of our CE. You know, the CE is always so focused on yeah stuff that. You know, whatever. We, yeah. Nine times out of ten, our is focused on the least important thing that we do. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's yeah. that's also an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, that's a huge piece. It's like, how do we if we if we want to bring our best selves mm-hmm. to the table to our clients to continue to be really strong, successful mm-hmm. brokers, we have to figure out how to take the best care of ourselves. And that do is, you do you guys like, have regular sales meetings and or real regular yeah. staff meetings or whatever you call them in your yeah. office? Every week. So our BIC, Matt Dempson, has recently, instead of having just the same kind of meeting every week, every other week now, we have, I forget what he calls it, but basically a coffee chat. And they are the best meetings because this is what's happening right here. I would like to see more panel discussions around CE stuff, right? Like, like. My former company, I think, did a very good job about that. We'd have a conference every year, and, and there'd be a panel of people, and it was, you know, how to start a team or what, whatever the topic was. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you had seasoned agents, and then they could take questions from from the floor. So there's a newer mm-hmm. agent. I just think that level of, of institutional knowledge is yeah. invaluable, and, mm-hmm. and it's how I learned. It's how I learned this business. I hung around mm-hmm. old timers way mm-hmm. back in the day because you know we're all old timers now, right? <laughs> we, used to, we used to have the mastermind groups, right? So groups of agents would get together and trade ideas over lunch or something. We can't do that right now because of COVID. Maybe we can again. But something I think I think Natus hit the nail on the head with how do we prevent burnout? You pre- in a no small way, you prevent it by just knowing you're not alone in it. Mm-hmm. It helps so much. We've talked about it before we started recording this. We've talked about how this group, just the three of us, four of us talking on the panel. It's an outlet. It's an outlet. It's actually actually helped us, I think, of forming a little peer support group Mm -hmm. that has a little diversity to it in terms of the level of experience. Mm -hmm. That could be a huge tool. I think so, too. The other piece of that, though, is that I think we probably all operate from a place of an understanding of abundance versus scarcity. I think this, this, the nature of this job, because it is straight commission and is so highly competitive and so many people are in the business right now, is an understanding that just because I'm sharing something with you, you know, we can share things and there's enough to go around and there, it's not going to, I'm not going to be hurt by I, my My business, my life will be enhanced if I can share something with somebody that will benefit them. It Mm -hmm. all comes back around. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to get to that place, especially if you are just starting out and you're trying to get every, you know, possible nibble and lead and whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. it's easier when you have an established business to be able to sit there. But I, I would say that the more that you can operate from a place of, there is enough to go around that if I share an idea with you, I'm so stealing that idea about <laughs> the three idea, the three questions on the walk, the J through. I love that. Yeah. You know, all these neighborhoods yeah. are now going to have, they're going to be inundated. <laughs> People are going to be talking to all. Perfect example. 
we, we're laughing, but that's a perfect example. Jay shared that with us. It's a great idea. Yeah. Jay is yeah. not, I'm sure, not afraid. If anybody riffs on that and does it, you know, that's a compliment to Jay. Jay's not. Jay's business isn't going to decrease because somebody right. else out there heard right. the idea and thought it was a good idea. Yep, yep, yep. Jay knows she's got it going on and she's, she has the business. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. I, th- I yep. think that's a huge piece of it. And I think... Again, I think because this this industry is so highly competitive and really a sharp tank is sort of like <laughs> stereotypically is so competitive that but, it's, it requires yeah. us approaching things kind of a little bit differently. But the three of you are evidence that you can be highly competitive with each other and still be highly respectful and appreciative of each other's ideas and wisdom. For sure, I I have I have always found that we are not really, the realtors, especially like in Ochar, they're not really a shark tank that I've seen. Like, by and large, there is a lot, lot of respect. A lot of respect. And, a lot mm-hmm. of, and maybe it's because we're a smaller organization, we can pull that off. We also have one hell of a lot of business to spread around. Yeah. And there's a lot of business, but we're a small organization, there's a lot of business in the local market. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. But I have never really felt, I know the outside world looks at realtors as like we're in a short shark tank, Mm-hmm. But I've just never felt that. No, I, I, I haven't. I haven't either. I've always I haven't either. I mean, that's why I'm so grateful we are where we are. I don't think that's true mm-hmm. in a lot of places. Even yeah, I think that's... Yeah. yeah. I, I think they. I think they're making TV shows about the shark. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, this is going to be a huge help to a lot of people, but... Um, as, as you go forward this summer, I hope you avoid burnout at all costs, and um, we will look forward to hearing from you again in two months' time. Cool. I look forward to it. Yeah. Take care. This has been an episode of Welcome Home, a production of the Orange Chatham Association of Realtors. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts.